Hey everyone, welcome back to the Rock Church Podcast. It's so good to have you with us and listening. We're thankful for you and we're praying that you are blessed and encouraged and edified by joining us in this as we dig in deeper to scripture based on what we are doing on Sunday mornings in our sermon series. So if you're joining us for the first time, we have just gone through the pneumatology series, which was the theology of the Holy Spirit. And now we are in a new series called Continuity, which we're going to talk about today. It is a study on 1 Thessalonians. But first, let me introduce you to our roundtable. My name is Shane Beeson. I'm Jaime Gonzalez. My name is Angie Preston. And I am Tyson Lambertson. Tyson, last Sunday was really impactful. I know I gleaned a lot. The Holy Spirit highlighted a lot of things to me. Can you give us a quick overview, bring the listeners up to speed on what we're talking about, where we're at, what's happening? Yeah, in this series on First Thessalonians, we're going verse by verse, and we could have spent probably two, three, four weeks on the first 10 verses of chapter one. But what's happening is this, this is Paul's second missionary journey. He was uh, on the second missionary journey. He was uh, put into prison in Philippi. He gets out of prison. Uh, and then goes to Thessalonica. And then while he's in Thessalonica, he has some ministry and launches a church. But soon after that, the mob came after him and kicked him out of the city. And then all of a sudden, uh, what we see is he had to flee to Berea. And while he's at Berea, he went and uh, he, he was there. And shortly after that, the mob followed him. And then he went to Corinth. And um, while he was in Corinth, he was kind of downhearted because he was trying to start all these things, but the mob kept finding him and wanting to take him out. Uh, so he's really discouraged, but he sent Timothy to check on the church of uh, Thessalonica, and he gets there, uh, Paul or Timothy gets there and comes back with an encouraging word, and out of that response, out of what he heard from Timothy, he writes a letter to the Thessalonians. And it's pretty powerful. It's pretty impactful. It is. I want to go straight into what was our key verse, which was uh, talked about that when Paul addresses them, he says, I didn't come to you with words, but with the power of the Holy Spirit. And he goes on to say, and with full conviction. And I think there is an element and encouragement for me in that reminder, hey, this is a gospel of power. We came to you with power in a environment of idolatry, of false idols. We came in power. And I love that he starts that off. And if you're following with us, we're actually doing something a little bit different in this series. Rather than just a verse of the week or a key verse, we decided to ask a question of the week. And that question was, does your life cause others to thank God. And I know that was challenging for me to think of. I really had to ask myself, not only is that a thought that I have, does my life cause others to thank God? But if I believe that, I had to examine myself, okay, what parts mm -hmm. of my life and what am I doing in my life that causes others to thank God? And we kind of presented that question both from the perspective of Paul and his missionary um, and an apostolic work there with the Thessalonians, but also from the Th Thessalonians' perspective of going, yeah, now are they living that life that mm -hmm. causes others to thank God? Um, let me know your thoughts. You know, what really stands out to me is 
when I was going through one through 10 is this aspect of faith. You know, Paul is encouraging them that their faith was doing something. It wasn't them going and just saying, he, he says right here that they were displaying that they were turning away from these idols and they were, they were, they were turning to God and what that was doing to those people in that area. How impactful is that? And that was something that I really brought to Rock Youth was the influence aspect of our faith. It's just not just going to say, hey, I'm a Christian. It's going and actually showing and living out that faith walk. And that was something that really stood out to us and that I got to talk about this last Sunday night. So that brings up the thought, um, it costs us something. Mm. Our faith costs us something. And there is a cost to the great high calling of God, as the scripture puts it. But there's a cost to the calling of God, meaning at some point we will have to surrender something or surrender our desires of this life and instead adopt his desires. And this was an environment of idolatry. And Mm -hmm. so um, with surrendering those idols and pursuing the Lord, they faced persecution. Right. So remember, this is a letter of encouragement. So what he was doing is he's saying, hey, your faith, your hope, and your love are preeminent. And I see Mm -hmm. that. But when I shared the gospel with you, it has power. It's not a mere matter of words. It's also action. And one of the first things you guys did is you laid down your idols. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things, and I believe, in American Christianity that we're not willing to do now. We want the call, but we also want to hold our idols. There it is. And you cannot, you have to surrender those things to the Lord to move forward and to be encouraged. And so he's saying to them, Thessalonians, I know you got problems. I know you got some things that we need to iron out, but I'm going to tell you first up, I saw you lay down your idols. Mm -hmm. And I just want to encourage you in that, that, Yes, it's a high cost to follow God. It's a high cost to walk with Him, but you have to be willing to lay down your idols. Absolutely. Um, We really do, even right now, live in a world of extreme idolatry. Mm -hmm. And it's maybe, it looks different. It's not wooden carvings or things out of gold and statues per se, but it is still items and objects and thoughts and agendas and uh, movements of all kinds. And the call of the Lord will be in opposition to those things. I think it's really interesting it, it discusses a labor of love and labor is not easy. And so when we lay down our idols and we, we have to move, we have to act and do that labor is not easy. It is, it's not motivation. It's, it's discipline and discipline is not easy. Discipline mm. stinks. Discipline is all the words and it's not writing passion. You know, it, that's where faith begins is we're passionate about Jesus and we want to share the word, but there's a difference between a labor of love and a discipline um, 
to the calling of Christ. Yeah, so you, I, I like that, that you just picked a phrase, that writing passion. We live in a world that celebrates, promotes, and pumps writing that passion. Yeah, it's a wave. And, yeah. It's going to end. It's yeah. going to crash hard. And, and, and this is the, the walk with Jesus is, is turning our passions, focusing those passions mm. on following him and, be, and participating mm. in the work of the kingdom and the gospel. I love that right. you brought that up. You know, I, to jump in on that though, how do we do that? Right here, Paul says, you became imitators of us, of the Lord. That just shows me like, mm. are we willing to, in a way, trust our brothers and those who are ahead of the faith and maybe, you know, like, for example, Tyson, you, Shane, like I've had to kind of trust in, in a way of my faith to allow myself to grow in areas that I just didn't really allow, didn't even think about. And God's definitely helped me grow and it was me being willing to kind of surrender what I thought was my way. And I also think, Jaime, tagging onto that of when we are immature believers, we often see people that are ahead of us in their faith and we mm. don't understand why they've given up certain things or why mm. they choose to do or not do certain things. And it's our own process of faith that those realizations can occur but it's the motivation and the not chasing after, but the the imitation of others before us that allows us to see what God has for us. Right. And, so, I, and, and I'll just jump in on that real quick because Paul says, "Imitate me, mm-hmm. as I imitate I Christ." Christ later mm-hmm. on in, in First mm-hmm. Thessalonians, if you're going to tell somebody to imitate you. You better have, you better it. have mm-hmm. it together. Mm-hmm. And this is what he's saying. It's not mere words. It's also action. action. Absolutely. And, and in this action, you will start to see the power. It's, it's, beyond, it's beyond intellect. It's beyond educational process. All that's in it, but it's beyond that, that when you are living a life of imitation of Jesus, it's all-encompassing. It's holistic. It's every mm-hmm. aspect of your life. And when you begin to live every aspect of your life, people want to imitate you. And they were trying to imitate Paul. Now, they were young, so they got it all out of whack. And we'll see ourselves in this text all the way through because he starts to say, hey, you, you can't be doing this. This is what you do. Don't do this. And, and this whole idea of sanctification becomes preeminent in the book of First Thessalonians, that we would be set apart mm. as followers of Christ. And when you do this, this is the high mark of grace is that we follow Jesus and we labor Mm -hmm. to get there and we do it in love. But the way that we are resilient is by the hope. And he goes on later at the end of of the, the section, verse 10, talking about the coming wrath and that God is coming back. And man, when you lay down your idols, and you begin to follow Jesus, one of the best things that we can do is hold on to that call. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes that's all you have to hang on to. And I think this is what Mm -hmm. Paul, in in an overall setting, is saying, hold on to that. Yes. Mm. Hold on to that. So Tyson, I want to interject a thought. Um, When I did the call of worship, 
um, I've, I was reading in my textbook for theology um, and I came across this phrase and I think this, this kind of is a good point um, with what you just said, that faith is a manifestation of worship and faith requires action. Faith is not just sitting idle, not an idol, but sitting there doing Could nothing. Be. Oh, Could be Ellie. an idol. Yeah. Um, but it requires our action. And if, it, if faith is going to manifest in us, it's going to produce something. And that worship is not just us sitting. It's us doing something. Mm. I wonder, I thought I heard you say praise is a manifestation of our faith. Is that right? That's what it, I heard no, that when could you be. said I, that. I, yeah. No, that's okay. But I, I want to lean into that because it, it, it ties into idolatry. Mm-hmm. How many things do we praise? praise. How loud do that's we get really for good. football? How loud do we get for whatever it is that we're doing, except for when it comes to following the Lord or worshiping him? And so when I heard you say that, I was like, whoa, praise is a manifestation or a revealing of our faith. faith. So and, flipping it. Yeah, yeah. flipping it. And uh, so I want to remind us, myself included and anyone in listening, that we are beings created for worship. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if God is not the focus of our attention, something else will be, period. And so um, that is a form of idolatry. That's if, what our praise becomes. Yeah, our praise becomes an idolatry mm-hmm. of something else if it's not focused on the Lord. And um, these idols, they consume, they attract our, attract our worship through the over-focusing of our attention. Um, it could be finances or money or emotions or mind, will, heart, actions. Um, this is what the, the culture of uh, the Thessalonians was. It was worship this, do this this way, and... Um, Paul comes in there, brings the freeing gospel of Yeshua, Jesus, flips it it all and says, you let that all go. You follow the Lord. It is a gospel of power. And I love that Tyson just brought this in, but he also says, remember, this is what we're holding on to, the imminent return. He talks about the imminent return of Christ, and we will be accountable ultimately for what we did in our work on the earth. Right. The, the setting of Paul tells us to really understand the Word of God because the Word of God brings power. And then he talks about the Holy Spirit brings conviction. And what is that he, that he wants to bring power to? He wants to do miracles. He wants to do signs and wonders. Mm-hmm. He wants to do all these things. But he wants to empower us to fulfill the call on our lives Amen. to mm-hmm. move forward. Mm-hmm. And I think we misunderstand this is that as Christians, the great white throne judgment, whether or not we're going to heaven or hell, has been settled when we say yes to Jesus, when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. There's also another judgment for us Christians. It's called the Bema Seat of Christ. And really, the Bema Seat of Christ, in its essence, is, did you do what I called you to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the Thessalonians were willing to lay down their idols to follow that. But in today's modern society, we want both, as we mentioned before. Mm -hmm. And I'm concerned that if Christians would do what God called them to do, we could really see a move of the Holy Spirit in conviction, in signs and wonders, in miracles, in life and hope. But we're not willing to do that. 
No, and we have a challenge in Christian society where um, uh, we have been kind of told in Christian culture that you get to have everything. You get to have your desires of your heart and the Lord and all this stuff. And that's not always the case. You just, uh, you just mentioned Tyson, that there's going to be an account accountability for our calling, the great high call of the Lord. And the call of God means that at some point we, we will have to surrender. Actually, Jesus says that you have to come and die if you truly want to live. Right. Um, but I think we live in a culture just like Thessalonica where, um, it's going to be hard to give up the desires, those desires, uh, which are ours, but really they're desires of the world. Um, and we're going to have to exchange that for the Lord's desires and for the great high calling of God. And I'm worried that in our modern time with our prosperity and our technology, that there is a deception in the body of Christ and it takes no surrender. And that I kind of get to do what I want, when I want, where I want. And um, that's actually not the gospel, and it's proven here in this um, text of Paul and Thessalonica. Right, and this goes back to uh, the resiliency and labor, is that we're not willing to labor to get there, and when we don't get what we think we should get, we turn away, we walk away, we do things to subjugate our faith, because God's not answering, and I thought I was doing this right. And, and really, it's a surrender. It's really mm-hmm. saying, God, what do you want me to do? And in the initial stages of the Thessalonians, Paul's encouraging them that they're willing to do this by faith, love, and hope. Mm-hmm. Hold on to those things. This is what his whole preeminence, or, or uh, his whole desire is for them to encourage them to stay the course, don't give up hope because it's so easy for us to have life happen to us and it's, we're done, we're out, mm-hmm. we can't take it anymore. Uh, and that's, that's for real. I mean, that's human. That's humanness. That's our humanness. But he really wants us uh, to focus on Jesus because Jesus himself removes us from the wrath of God. And when we put our faith and hope in him and stay the course, stay focused, stay connected, we are assured of salvation. We're assured of his promise that he's coming to take us home. I wonder if we can kind of just share some personal experience. I know, and I just want to tell you here in the room and listeners out there, I have pursued idols. I have Mm -hmm. pursued my desires. I have been good at things that have been successful, that I've had tons of favor. And I can tell you that I was the most miserable I've ever been, regardless of success or what seemed like success. It was always empty and there was never enough. And I remember Mm -hmm. um, in my early 20s when I um, had I had been running from the Lord in my late teens, came into my early 20s, and I was hit once again, had an encounter with the Lord, and I was asked to give up everything. And I can tell you by the power of the Holy Spirit um, in me, upon me, with me, I happily did because I was ready. I was so miserable. I was ready to... Um, 
to dive in for the Lord full on. And I can tell you that when I did, there was power, there was fulfillment, there was purpose like I've never felt before. And some of those things that the Lord had asked me, those idols that that needed to be set aside, um, I've never picked up again. And um, I've been pursuing this call. And I'm just kind of wondering around the room, have you uh, in the room, have you had an... Uh, opportunity, a thing, a time, a moment where that was required of you. Yeah. So on Sunday, um, God revealed that the seeking of approval of others was an idol of mine. And that was not fun to hear. (laughs) And God Mm. clearly said, Angie, you need to walk in what I've called you to do. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. The way that you're going to do what I've asked you to do looks different than what other people have asked you to do. And it's going to look different than what I've called them to do. And I said, mm, I, don't, I don't really like that. And that's going to be a struggle for me. It's not going to be a, eh, you know, I, I do want approval. I do want uh, to make for sure that I'm doing the right thing and I'm, I'm above reproach but that doesn't need to come from man. It needs to come Mm. from God. Um, And so having people that I trust in my corner to be those people that I can, can ask, Hey, what, what did you think about that? Am I, am I on the right course and not having that dictate my direction? Um, And so that's, that's a real time practical. That's a great example of, we Mm -hmm. still deal with idols all around us all the time. And I love uh, in other parts of scripture, Paul says, live a life in keeping with repentance. Like we literally have to turn away from that stuff Mm -hmm. daily. Yes. Yeah. I, one of the examples that comes to mind is when Tammy and I were called to come to Scott's Bluff, I had no idea where it was. We just started having babies. Lauren was three. Jaron was one. When the Lord called us, we were leaving what we know in our hometown where my parents lived, where Tammy's parents lived, to an unknown place where we didn't know anyone. We knew that we had family up here, but we didn't really know them. Um, and we had to surrender everything. We had no money. We had no, no security, no job. We had a place to live. We didn't have a church. We were just told to come. And that was probably one of the most difficult times, but one of the most joyous times in my mm-hmm. life. And I had this faith. I had all the love in the world that was somewhat like the young Thessalonians, didn't really know what I was doing. And I had this hope, and the hope was that, God, you told us to come here, so if you told us, you're going to work it out. But then I had all this stuff in my mind and my heart, seeking approval of mm-hmm. other people and, and not really knowing my call and the deepness of that, but yet the Lord was there. And it's through the conviction of the Holy Spirit that he drew me there to a place to surrender completely my desires and, and my idols. Because at home, it was comfortable. We had everything we need. So 
Yeah, and That's look just at one example. Uh, well, and I just so want to say, look at you. So what, seventeen years later? Here we are on this nineteen. Nineteen years later, here we are on this podcast. Almost twenty. Yeah. Almost wow. twenty years since the Lord called us to Scottsbluff. Wow. Jaime, why don't you jump in on this? Man, I don't even know where to start. I think the big one for me is you're you think you're walking in faith. You know, you you you're impacted by Jesus but you have this whole different perspective of the Holy Spirit. And there is a sense of, you know, when I started here at the rock and I'm still finding more depth of my relationship with God, but this idea that, you know, honesty and figuring out who you are. I was a people pleaser to a whole nother level. Hmm. I didn't know that I needed to be around brothers in Christ that were able to help me look at God's word as being so alive to where there is so much healing that I have gotten to go through in the way I look at God's word. It has helped me see things in myself that I just, I would have never been confident to stand in and wrestle through, which has been amazing. And so for me, it's not necessarily right now this, where I'm at with the calling, it's finding who I am. And I've been walking with Jesus for eight years and seeing the power of the Holy Spirit after our pneumatology series it is still wrecking me. And it's just, just so one of those things where I'm, I'm going through this new season of my life of just awareness and knowing, you know, that challenge of God's in control, knowing that he's actually, I do have a sense of control and my faith in him and growing in that and now growing in he's with me he's guiding me and then going to him like a father and some of the idols that like we talked about that we're having to face going to him saying hey god i want this but being open to for him to say no Hmm, that's hard that is hard super so you brought this message to sunday night with our rock youth Give us a little piece of what you focus on there. And I know that you brought this question to them and um, there was quite a few answers to it, but we let's highlight one today. Yeah. Well, our question of the, of the week was, does your life cause others, um, others to thank God? I rephrased it for the kids to answer. And I said, how does your life cause others to thank God? And one of the, one of the cards that came back said, to let them see how good life is with Christ and other people in Christ. And that was before we even talked about the message. And so I thought that was, that was a pretty cool answer. That was, that was, that was a good answer for a student to be like, Hmm, this is what I would see from this question that I would value when it comes to answering this question. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love that we get to bring our youth uh, the same message and into this uh, series together. So um, I want to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, I want to encourage you. This is going to be a six-week series in 1 Thessalonians called Continuity. And we're going to be digging into these verses every week. So I want to invite you back next week. Uh, The podcast gets released on Thursdays. And we're so glad that you're here with us listening. Thank you for your time. Um, I want to send you 
you out with a blessing. So may God bless you and may God keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you, lift up his countenance upon you, be gracious to you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.